Welcome to the Smith and Rowan Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowan. Welcome everyone to another episode of Smith and Rowan Unplugged, where we celebrate truth and we isolate deception and lies and send it to the pit of destruction. And now our special <laughs> guest, <Wow>. Alan Smith. <laughs> wow. What? I just wait every morning for your introduction. <laughs> I come up with them on the spur of the moment, too. I don't even pre-plan it. I just. Well, there's no, that is very obvious. Very, very obvious. <laughs> this is, this is, this is the spur of the moment stuff going on. But listen, Mr. Roland, we had a very good podcast on Sunday. I thought we had a. We showed a comparison. Everybody might, I think, would enjoy listening to that of covenant theology versus dispensational theology. I don't know if versus yep. is the right word, even though that's what I used when I titled it. But dispensational versus covenant theology, just showing the difference of in covenant theology, the tendency to allegorically interpret scripture versus a more of a literal yeah, interpretation more of a literal as, interpretation that's right as, as dispensational teaching and you be, know yeah. you can you can put more more systems of bible interpretation in that same category they either allegorize or they interpret literally i'm I, not, and i'm more in the camp of literal interpretation that the bible says what it says you know what i was thinking earlier though alan it takes more work if you interpret literally, because to interpret the Bible literally, you can't just pull a verse out and say, well, this is what it means to me. And that's, that's been a common thing. People say, well, this is what it means to me. Well, that's kind of irrelevant. What something means to you to literally interpret the scripture means that you've got to know the whole book. Yeah, and, you and in that way, to, you can know what it literally says. You, know? you got to kind of try to you got to tie it together for sure. You know, we've all used scripture, Jeff, we've all used scripture and read a scripture that we apply directly to our lives. You know, we'll do morning devotion, say, or read a scripture and we'll take somebody like Samson and a Bible story, and then it'll be turned into a something different than literal and saying that when you have Samson and the strength of Samson, or you have David and Goliath, and when you have the Goliaths of your life, how you can slay them. And I mean, you're into a practical application there. And when you practically apply scripture, then, okay, yeah, it, it can speak something different to everybody. But when you're interpreting scripture, then you either have to have a literal context or you have to allegorize everything or spiritualize everything. So the difference between interpretation and application, I think it gives life to the word of God and it is a living book, Uh but I do believe that the literal interpretation of scripture can bring us closer to what I would consider practical application. I wonder Jeff, why people demand that it be one or the other. Why can you not say that it can even be both? For for example, literally, we do know that David killed Goliath, or I believe that, because the Bible states it as, as a story of what really happened. But at the same time, I don't have any problem with saying there's another spiritual hidden meaning there. 
that applies to my life. I don't know why. Why do you have to do away with one to have the other? And there's another thing when you personally apply it to your life, perhaps a, a moral hidden in, hidden in a story or, or, or faith or whatever. It looks like to me that if you had, if you're wanting to do a personal application, that's one thing. But when you're trying to interpret future events through allegory, so you've left a personal application, if you will, yes, the, the, that's the right. word of God becoming alive, speaking to my life personally, which we all know that's a true phenomenon. I mean, that, that's hard to teach. It's just truth. But yeah. when you start talking about <laughs> end time events, and then you start trying to speak in allegories, you can't get there. And it's obvious that a symbol is a symbol, like in the book of Revelation, you know, it talks about, you know, we have all of these symbols in the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. So we know how to interpret symbols, but to be allegorical and just interpret all scripture, it's all an allegory. None of it means what it says. I have a little bit of a concern on why people will not allow for somewhat of some allegory, and you doesn't mean you have to take away from a literal application of scripture. Well, yeah, I think that where I draw the line is is if what you are applying through what may be considered an allegorical interpretation, if what you're applying violates the literal interpretation of, of scripture, course, yeah, yeah. then it becomes wrong. And that's mm. that's why I think that it just takes more work to interpret literally. But, you know, I think I said this Sunday in the podcast that Chuck Missler said the older he got, the more he realized the Bible was literal. Yeah. And I, I find the same thing happening in me as well. That the Bible says uh, yeah, what yeah. it says, and, and we need to understand contextually because it's so integrated. The word of God is so integrated that I heard Jordan Peterson say the Bible was the first integrated message the earth ever had. And because the Bible is so integrated that it means that you, you basically have to have working knowledge of the whole word of the Logos, and you can only get that through relationship with Christ. You got to have working knowledge of that before you can really take a, a verse of scripture and say, well, this is what it says. You know, yeah. so I, I don't know. There's there's a there's a lot that goes into that to those different interpretive measures. But well, I, if you... I, I tell you, that podcast was on Sunday. I would I would encourage everybody to listen to it. I, I thought that, that got John Barnett did a, just a wonderful yeah. job of presenting two different viewpoints that leads to a, an eschatological conclusion, something yeah. on, on the end times. He did well, a marvelous can... job. Yeah. And he was comparing, you know, covenant versus dispensationalism. I know dispensationalism is almost a scary sounding word, but it doesn't need to be. But here's what concerns me on the strict covenant theology teachings, Jeff, and that is that they'll say that a Bible story is just a narrative, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. of a story to convey, you know, another complex meaning. So, yeah. I get that, but you're saying that the story never happened. That's so exactly that, that means that the story's fiction. Well, if the story's fiction, it, it looks like to me you're leading way to the even your allegory could is fictional because it's based yeah, exactly. off of a I mean, fictional that's right. foundation. Yeah, what we're I mean, trying what... to say is, and I think you've already alluded to that, that when you do these allegories, 
it needs to stay contextual and it yes, also right. needs to carry the same meaning as the intent yes. of the conclusion of the story, just like that's right. As is what you were saying. So the true story that happened is to give us, if you will, the fences in which your narrative that comes out of that to convey a allegory still matches the storyline itself. And mm-hmm. so in, in covenant theology, though, a lot of them, if not most of them, say, well, the stories never happen. It's all allegory. And so therefore, it's I give it my own interpretation. Yeah. So to me, that's just a wide open. It's not just a little hiccup. To me, that's tremendously dangerous in trying well, to I mean, rightly if you, if divide. You, yeah. To me, if you can't, I say Jonah was not really swallowed by a big fish. It, that was just, that's a, a, a fictional story. story that was used to mean something deeper. Okay. If that's not true, how do I know that Jesus really existed and died and rose again? I mean, well, that's the whole, well, a lot of times, even the interpretation of the story is incorrect. Just let's take Jonah. They say, well, there's no way that really happened because nobody can live three days in the belly of a whale. Well, if you understood it properly, he died. He did die and he was (laughs) was resurrected. resurrected. I mean, that's, that's a right. type of Christ. And that's if you exactly want right. so yeah. because you don't understand the story, uh, you, know, yeah. you start trying to come up with this human response. Well, he can't live. He can't, nobody can live three days. So therefore the story's not real. Well, and yeah. And, and a lot of people, what they do, and I believe this, I think the reason they end up in trying to make an allegorical interpretation work is because they're trying to understand with natural reason a supernatural book. And that's and dangerous. So they, and that's, that's dangerous. dangerous. That's way dangerous. That and, is and, just uh, way dangerous. Yeah, it'll throw you into a crisis of faith. So at any rate, I do believe in a literal interpretation of Scripture. I believe the Bible is true. I believe it says what it says. And then we are left to respond to what it says. And that's where I end up with it. And that's also what has formed my conclusions around end times thinking. Yeah. I think it's a part of our problem. Well, not part of our problem, but basically is the problem, just like uh, with Catholicism today. Replacement theology is a type of, when you say the church is Israel today, you're kind of using Israel as an allegory for the church. Yeah, that's right. yeah. And so, and if that's the case, did Israel say, so, okay, so we, if we use that type of interpretation, we have to say, well, Israel didn't really happen. Well, yeah, that's, 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 right. that's ignorant. I mean, well, sure we got, it's we got a, I mean, we <laughs> got Jews, we got a country, we got a place, we got a, where the you know, temple mount. Yeah. I mean, to take things that really happened. Why do you say, yeah, well, I know Jerusalem was really in the Bible and it's because it's still here and to have all these other things that are still here that were in the Bible. Then all of a sudden you want to pick and choose what you're going to say are fables yeah. and uh, to allegorically come up with some meaning. And and is that not when the scripture says, I don't know, we got to do something with the scripture says that no scripture has, you know, this private interpretation. Uh, that's right. We got to, we got to be right. careful, even that's when we right. take scripture and apply it to our life, that's even right. though, even though now I can't really tell you why, but it appears to me that the Holy Spirit can take a specific scripture and I could be reading it today or he'll have it come my way that I believe has been divinely 
kind of sent to me. In other words, well, let me say it this way. It's for me, even though it's not directly to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can in, draw. In other, that, yeah, words, exactly. It, I can it, draw applications for, from all yeah. kinds of places in the world. It's for my learning. It was written for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's for my learning, but it's not necessarily to me. And uh, I think that's what that verse is indicating that says that the scripture is not of any private interpretation. We do not have. Listen, that sets up a hierarchy of spiritual elitism when we allegorize to the point that we need to dig out these uh, gurus that's going to give us the keys of understanding to the word of God. We have one mediator between man and God, and that's Christ Jesus. He is the one that we go to. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And I think that comes because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. It is literal. Yeah. If there is a literal God, then the word of God is literal. Yeah. It has yeah. to be, or it violates his own holiness. So yeah, I end up with a literal interpretation, though many applications can come from that. And I do not deny that there are depths of practical applications that can come forth out of a literal context. And I believe that with all of my heart, because truth is layered upon truth, is layered upon truth, is layered upon truth. And as we grow in our relationship with Christ, I do believe that the Holy Spirit gives depth of understanding into the literal context of Scripture. And that's, that's where I end up with the growth in grace and even in terms of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So I do believe that literal interpretation, it's real hard. Alan, I heard somebody say, Chuck Missler, I believe the one who said that to arrive at certain conclusions on end times that seem to be mainstream today, you have to allegorize over 2,400 passages wow. of scripture wow. to get there. And I just think it's at some point it becomes hard to deny such things as the nation of Israel and how God chose the nation of Israel. I think it's hard to deny that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you can't allegorize all of that away. I think that's where we're at in the church today and why there's such a lack of the mm -hmm. knowledge of the word of God is because we take a verse of the day and we have, whether we say it or not, we are lining ourselves up to interpret the Bible more allegorically than we are literally. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a famous scripture that we like to use. I've used it, and it's in Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm sure you're familiar with that, Jeff. You know the scriptures. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. A lot of people run to this verse. <laughs> we know literally, I guess it's he's speaking about the time that Israel is to go into captivity under Babylon. Yeah. And uh, who was that prophet that gave a false prophecy? Uh, Ananiah, maybe it, it escapes me. But anyway, yeah. they had a false prophecy that everything was going to be fine in two years. Mm -hmm. God wiped that guy out. And Jeremiah said, listen, you're going in for 70 years, but you got to understand yeah. something. The Lord says that he has plans for you. Yeah. And, and right. his and plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. And yeah. now that's going into captivity. That's <laughs> right. Say, that's that's a, exactly that's right. So you could see how that it, even though they're in captivity and going into captivity, still we can see what the heart of God is 
when any of us are in a crisis or we're in a cat type of captivity, the thought here is don't forget now. Yeah, God's got right. plans for you. That's right. And his plans are not to harm you, but his that's plans right. are to prosper you. Now, that's a truth. That's and a his truth. plans are to give you hope in the future. So even mm-hmm. though the United States, and to make it the application mm-hmm. here, even though you and I talk about, and we're very, very concerned about the state that we see our country in the world, and yeah. you and I talk about it and discuss it all the time, and I really think some of our best podcasts are not recorded, but even though we see the United States where it is today, we understand that this Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven is the heart of God for his people. Yeah, that's and right. And we do that's know right. that now we are his people. We understand that. So we can say with all confidence that God mm-hmm. has plans for us. God has plans for the United States. Yes. And his plans is to prosper us and not to harm us. His plans is They're to give plans. us hope, hope and a yeah. future. So I think us, we as believers have to hold that in our hearts, even mm-hmm. as crazy as this United States seems to be getting from time to time. We can still hold that truth in our heart and know what the will of God is. I mean, that is. Yeah, that's uh, right. Now, we need to understand, I think, the context in which it's given is where I was headed with Jeremiah 29 11, because we know that Israel was in rebellion. They were running away from God. Yeah. Uh, but Jer- well, Jeremiah and, and, made a declaration. That's exactly right. And Alan, let's say that you leave out the context around that. And you read that verse, I've heard it done many times where people will use that verse. They don't put it in context. Okay, here's what that does. It creates this idea in people's mind that it's never God's will for you to go through any difficulties. Therefore, if you do go through difficulties, then there's something wrong with you. Well, Mm. the purpose of the context is, is that God can take what Satan means for evil and use it for good. God can bless us in the fire. God can bless us in the tribulation. He is with us through those things. And all of that gets lost if you don't. Well, it's not even considered. It's It's not not even considered. considered. That's right. That's be honest with you. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that would be what we would call taking it out of the context. Yeah. Even for a decent allegory. That's exactly right. And again, If the church has replaced Israel in the replacement theology kind of thinking, then I got to tell you, that's not really a good thing for the church. (laughs) (laughs) Not a a good proposition at the end of the day, if you read the Bible through and through. So if you allegorize at the beginning and carry it all the way through, we got a lot of hell to go through here on earth, you know. A I'm very, very thankful. <laughs> yeah, I'm very thankful that for a literal interpretation of the word of God, because the church has not been appointed to wrath, and right. uh, in the right. literal context. And so I'm, I'm uh, though I'm living right now in the midst of great tribulation in many ways, personally, and we are as right. a nation and all of the rest. Though all of that's true. And I don't deny that. I do understand that my hope is in Christ. From a literal standpoint, I'm looking forward to getting out of here. And my eternal destiny in heaven is secured by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. Come on. So, you know, that's the things that I'm saying are they're missing 
that's missing in the church today. There's just not a lot of solid Bible contextual teaching that's going on, and the people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. Well, I think there's I, a, I, I just a and I totally agree. You know, there's kind of a fine line, Jeff, between allowing the Holy Spirit to take a scripture like Jeremiah 29, 11, for example. There's kind of a fine line between letting the Holy Spirit apply that to your life. And you know, that's a true phenomena, a true spiritual phenomena. And it's really happening yep. to trying to take and make an allegory out of a story and make a blanket statement to do teaching with. Yes, in other, exactly. In, in other words, can you exactly. hear what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. How do you teach? I can see how you could teach allegory, but the truth is when you, there's a difference a little bit, I think, in the Holy Spirit applying the scripture to you and then trying to make an allegory out of a Bible study to teach it. This is, this is the proper interpretation. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm exactly. saying? That's so, it's yeah, kind of a fine right. line to it even is. talk about and, and to convey the thought patterns. But to me, it's a fine line. I am for this holy book and it is a supernatural book. It's holy and God's amazing. What all, It's a dimensional book. Yes, it is. It, Absolutely. It, it, but you don't have to take away the literal application to make it three-dimensional. No. no, that's yeah. right. <laughs> because that's exactly literal right. application is one of the dimensions. It is absolutely and, and, one of and, the dimensions that cannot be ignored. It, it cannot be ignored and cannot be changed. That's Jeff right. Hunt, we have run out of time. I've enjoyed this. We'll pick it back up again because there's a lot to say about this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Alan, have All a right, great buddy. day. Right. And be careful. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowland Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrollandshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.